Okay, if you could just give us a level check, that would be great. I'm Kate Nye. In the sport of weightlifting, I have a silver medal. On like cloud nine, still? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Of course you are. It's been great. I'm just happy to be here and, you know, talk about weightlifting. <laughs> I'm Elizabeth Beisel, two-time Olympic medalist, and I'm jumping the press rope to take you inside the Athletes' Village, one of the most interesting and exclusive places at the 2020 Tokyo Olympic and Paralympic Games. We'll have unfiltered conversations with Olympic athletes from the ground about the daily experiences that make up a majority of the athlete life at the Games. After all, it isn't all nail-biting pressure and medal ceremonies. This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit. You can hear us in the headphones, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll get started in three, two, one. Congratulations on your silver medal, Kate. Uh, you're an incredibly strong, beautiful woman. Can you talk about your journey from level nine gymnast to then CrossFit athlete to now? Olympic silver medalist and what that looked for you and how you got to where you are here today. Sure. Uh, My whole childhood was gymnastics from when I was four years old until I was 15. And I had a knee injury when I was 15 years old, a meniscus tear, and I had to get a surgery for it. And after I got the surgery, I decided I just didn't really want to go back to gymnastics. I didn't have the love for it that I once had and decided that college gymnastics wasn't something I wanted to pursue. So I decided to just try to be a normal teenager for a little bit there, but that didn't really work out for me. And I wanted something to do with fitness in my life. And that's how I found CrossFit. And then through CrossFit, I found my passion for lifting heavy things. And eventually that transferred into the sport of weightlifting. And yeah, it's the rest is history. I started competing and I realized I had a talent for it and I just went for it. At what point did you realize you had a talent for it? And I'm sure pretty quick because you went from starting to weightlift in 2016 and within five years you were on the Olympic podium. So at what point did it kind of shift for you in your mindset? Yeah, I think from the beginning I kind of knew I had something special in this sport, but I think it especially came to light when I started representing Team USA when I went to Junior Worlds in Uzbekistan in 2018, I'd say. That was kind of my breakthrough competition where I felt like I can do this. I can play with the big dogs. I could potentially make it to the Olympics. So I think, yeah, summer of 2018, I thought that I could for sure make a run for Tokyo 2020. And here you are with an Olympic silver medal around your neck. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I want to ask you about fueling as a weightlifter um, and kind of what that regimen looks like, especially here in the Olympic village, you know, how is the cafeteria working for you? How often do you have to fuel as a weightlifter? Because I'm sure a lot of people are curious as am I. Uh, Us weightlifters are super diverse in terms of how much or how little we eat. So for me personally, I started weightlifting as a 63 kilogram weightlifter and now I'm a 76 kilogram weightlifter. So for reference, that means I've had to gain about 30 pounds in the past two or three years. So that means I have to eat a lot just to stay at the weight I'm at. So I've been pretty much eating everything in sight in the village. So the cafeteria has been pretty good because there's lots of options. And I get I can get like healthy lean protein, which is still important even if I'm eating a lot. So I kind of get my lean protein in and I make sure to get tons of carbs, whether that be noodles or rice or whatever. 
burgers, desserts, um, the pot stickers were amazing. I'm not sure if you've heard people say that yet, but amazing pot. No, that sounds really good though. Really good. Um, pizza. There were so many options that made it much easier for me to gain weight because I feel like a lot of times when I'm in international competitions, we have healthy foods, which when you're trying to keep weight on um, and you only have healthy options, it can be, it can get a little bit uh, overwhelming. So it's been great. And I was able to keep weight on pretty well here. Yeah. How, how hard was it originally for you to gain that weight? Were you like sick of eating a lot and you're like, oh my God, I feel like so sick right now? Um, in the beginning, it was really necessary because I was cutting so much. So I feel like my body just was ready to gain weight. So it was really easy at first. But I'd say in the past few months, especially uh, with my coaching switch, it was a completely different program. And I feel like I'm doing a lot more work and I'm in more of a calorie deficit than I used to be. So it was much harder to adjust my eating to my new training regimen. So I'm eating a lot more and I'm eating cleaner. So it just makes it a lot harder when you're eating super clean and you're not doing a dirty bulk. Uh, so yeah, it's been an interesting balance to make sure I'm eating good foods that fuel my performance while also making sure my weight's high because that's just as important in my sport. You can't just eat all the healthy foods and expect to you know, weigh as much as the other girls in your class when you're trying to gain weight. So, so for training... For you, how often are you trying to max? And are you lifting every single day a week? What does that kind of look like for you? Yeah, I train five days a week, eight training sessions, which means three two-a-days and two one-session days. Um, And, I mean, it's really hard to say. It really depends on what we're training for. But maxing out isn't, like, a common thing by any means. I feel like we stay usually in, like, the – 70 to 90 percent range on any given day and from there I mean when we get closer to a competition we might might max out once or twice before a competition but that's about it you don't want to do it too much um, for physical and mental reasons you don't want it to be too strenuous and you don't want to mentally get numbers stuck in your head if I try a certain number several times and miss it when you go to a competition you might be thinking about those misses instead of the potential of making it so it's really important to make sure you take calculated risk when you go for maxing, you know, attempts. So, yeah. Do you taper down mm-hmm. before a competition and lift a little bit less than you normally would just to get some rest? Yeah, the volume, there's like my coach actually has like a graph and it kind of shows the increase and then the decrease. And it's kind of interesting to see that. Um, so the last week before we lift, we're basically just moving the bar around and making sure we're fresh, but not doing any actual strength work, really, just keeping our legs ready to go and all that kind of stuff. But I think the taper usually begins about like two or three weeks out of, you know, rapidly decreasing volume. Yeah. So for you, what has your Olympic experience been like outside of competing and winning an Olympic medal? How has the village been? How has all that shaped up to kind of what you expected it to be? Um, I think it's exactly what I expected it to be as I've been with my, you know, my coach and my teammates a lot. Uh, I've been lucky enough for my club team at home. We have three Olympians that made this squad. So it's been amazing. I know. So it's been really awesome getting to experience it with them. Um, Jordan, unfortunately, was here and back in Hawaii before me or Harrison left. So um, it's been mostly just me, Harrison, and my coach, Spencer. 
but we've been playing Mario Kart. We've been watching Peaky Blinders. That's kind of been our show that we've been watching. That is such a good show. Yeah, so we've been watching that. So that's been passing the time. Um, and yeah, just spending time with the rest of the team as well. And, you know, talking in the cafeteria and exploring the village a little bit. It's been great. And it's honestly not that different than what I expected my original Olympic experience to be. It's not too far off, so... Right, right. Um, can you talk a little bit about the kit that you guys get as Olympic athletes from Nike, Ralph Lauren, and the stuff that you guys get? Like, was it just an insane amount of stuff? Were you expecting that at all? I mean, I knew it was going to be a lot of stuff, but I feel like as much as they tell you to expect a lot of stuff, it's still more than you think it's going to be. Yeah. I, I came in and it was like nighttime when I came in. And I spent like two or three hours just like trying to sort through everything, but it was so amazing. And my teammate came over the next day and he was like, what happened in here? It was like a whole tornado had gone through my room. So it's a lot, but um, I'm just very grateful Team USA um, really takes care of us and makes us feel appreciated and gives us those little tokens because I feel like these outfits and little, you know, all this stuff is like our souvenirs of this experience. And whenever we wear it, we'll remember our Olympics. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely part of the entire experience. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about mental health because I know that's hugely important to you. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's one thing that you would like to emphasize to everybody about athletes like yourself competing at this high level? Yeah. I think that it's been a very common theme, especially this Olympics that, Athletes are human first, and you need to put mental health at the forefront of every sports decision you make, and that's been true for me in different ways, and it's manifested, but when it comes down to it, we are human, and if your mental health isn't in check, your physical health probably won't be either when you go to train, especially in these highly dangerous sports a lot of the time. Um, It can be dangerous to put yourself in a situation when your mental state isn't all there, so I think that I, I hope that people learn to empathize more with athletes and know that just like any other person on the street, we have feelings and we have our own struggles and to try to understand that it's not so black and white and that we can't just perform for our, everyone else's entertainment when we're fighting our own battles as well. Yeah, I think that's such an important point because not only that, but the pressures and the nerves that you're feeling on top of all of that, mm-hmm. it's just it's a lot to deal with at mm-hmm. such a high level in the eyes of millions. Mm-hmm. Um, so I applaud you for speaking out on that and being so candid. It's, it helps a lot of people. Thank you. Um, <laughs> lastly, what would you say, what piece of advice would you give to those little girls that are watching you kick butt at the Olympic games who want to be like you and pursue a weightlifting career? I think I would say that weightlifting is just super cool and I love being a strong woman and I think it's just such an empowering thing for any woman to try to do when they pick up a barbell. I think it's just such a great thing. Um, So I would just say keep chasing your dreams, keep having fun with it, Um, ignore the haters and just do your thing because weightlifting is such an awesome thing and it can, you know, it's changed my life and I know it's changed countless other people's lives and even if you're not, you know, trying to go to the Olympics. It's just such a great thing to do for your mind and your body. So, I love that. Do you think uh, we'll be able to see you in Paris? 
2024? I sure hope so. Let's do it. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Best of luck heading into the next three years in Paris. And I hope you get an opportunity to kind of soak this medal in and your accomplishments and really appreciate what you've done for yourself and the country. So, Thank you. I really appreciate that, guys. Thank you, Kate. (laughs) This podcast is presented by Nordatrack from iFit. Follow In the Village Now on Apple Podcasts and wherever you're listening to get automatic downloads. And tune into the networks of NBC to catch every moment of the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. 